All right, welcome to another episode of The Swiss Show. And as always, I'm your host, Ryan Tuckwood. Today's guest is joining us live in the studio, which yes. is pretty random awesome. um, and pretty rare, all the way from Brisbane, Bris Vegas. Uh, he's running an electrical contracting company in Brizzy uh, that provides a range of services with their main expertise lying in the solar installation um, division. In March, or on March the 12th, 2020, um, he was working on a two and a half story house with no safety protection. Um, as he was getting off the roof, it started raining and he slipped and fell six and a half meters straight onto the driveway, um, causing both of your ankles to completely shatter. Um, even reading that's pretty hectic. Um, yes. His left wrist was clean snapped um, and he now has constant back pains from the compression, uh, from compression in your spine. Um, unable to walk for 12 months, um, you had to be pushed in a wheelchair for eight months uh, and spent one month in hospital. Um, your injuries are lifelong, um, yes. I believe. Yes, they are. Albeit, but getting better each and every single month as you adjust to a new way of walking. Yep. Um, what I really like on the back of this and, and, and a key focus today um, is going to be your new focus uh, moving ahead, which is the Two Feet Foundation. Yes. Um, a venture that you started on the back of the injury, um, helping people in a similar position to you. Um, by creating an all-inclusive injury support network. So we'll find out what that exactly means. Mr. David Lloyd, welcome to The Swiss Show. Nice. How are you? That was awesome, thank you very much. Was well, that all right, then, that, to throw that away now? <laughs> we done? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was awesome, mate, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Um, obviously, we can get into it a bit later, but we, I met you at the uh, Primal Reset. Yeah. Um, and I just remember seeing all the Swish crew and I was like, geez, these this whole company you've created and the atmosphere and everything was just, it's unreal. So wow, credit you. to you. But um, yeah, basically that is what happened to me. Something I struggle with every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just day by day, I guess. Yeah, so. man, we'll, we'll, we'll go deep into it. And I appreciate what you said there as well about um, the, the team here. And I think you, oh. you almost epitomize that, that Swish the Swiss mentality of like be the change to see the change is one of our values yeah. and you mate you've gone through some well, changes I just walked in and everyone came running up and saying g'day and <laughs> like little puppies yeah <laughs> they're always pleased to see new people in the yeah house. it was really awesome man yeah stoked to be here so nice man um that was a formal intro obviously a bit of a, an overview of what what has happened and and we can go deeper into that but just for, yeah. for people listening um away from the injury um, yep. and and we know that doesn't define you yeah like Who's David Lloyd? Who am I, mate? I am 31, basically been in Brizzy my whole life. Um, 2017, started a electrical contracting business, as you said. We, we specialise in solar. Um, funnily enough, solar is what happened, or so when I was doing solar is how I've come to be how I am. Um, Mad Liverpool supporter, as you know. It's going so well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because you're from Leicester. But um, yeah, so yeah, Mad Liverpool supporter. Took the dive in 2017. I knew basically my whole, like through high school and everything like that, that I didn't really want to work for anyone. And uh, yeah, took the plunge in 2017 and started Delmec Electrical and we've been I don't know, up and down, going, you, you get your strong periods like right now. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been up and down, but hopefully with this new contract we've signed, it's, um, it's all looking good for next year. So, so when you say you knew you didn't want to work for, for anyone, mm. right? Because I, I can't relate to that. I've always, always been a great employee. I never had an entrepreneurial mind or it, it just wasn't around me. Like where, where does that come from? Was that, is that in the family? Have they owned businesses? No, no one's, no one's owned a business. I don't know, I've j I'm just, I guess I'm stubborn, not so much in a bad way, I just, um, it sort of was like when I was an employee, most people would come to me to find out what's next to do, kind of mm -hmm. thing, and whether that's, you know, that's an indication of being your own boss or whether you're, you're a good, like, leading hand project yeah. manager or something, I'm not too sure, but it, yeah, I've just always preferred running things my own way, and I know sort of a good process on how to do stuff. So it was just mm. always cemented in school, I think. We were, uh, dad was, sorry, dad was a electrician. So I always wanted to be a Sparky. Yeah. And then it was really, um, yeah, when I was 24, 25, I sort of was like, I want to be a, a business owner. And 27 is when I sort of went for it. Yeah, cool. So were you, so were you like, um, did you play sports as a kid? 
I played soccer, mate. Yeah, yeah or football. Good, uh, um, yeah, you're, so, on the right, you're on the right podcast. It's football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I played football for, ah, uh, geez, when I was six all the way up until I was uh, 17. We played it. I didn't make it like anywhere good, which is uh, unfortunate. But uh, yeah, so I started when I was six for Regent's Park, Browns Plains, all mm, Logan yeah, area. Yeah. Basically just played with them the whole time. So, Were there leadership skills or, or traits yeah, that were was, coming uh, out there? Yeah, so there was uh, a bit of nepotism. So the buddy coach, coach's son, classic story, was the, uh, the captain. But um, <laughs> <It's> so common. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. There was that side. But uh, apart from that, like I guess in the team there was always your leadership group, and mm -hmm. I was definitely a part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you think, um, like, the lessons that you may have saw there as a as a kid in the sporting world has that played a part in your business leadership I, skills? Or I think not just in business. I think playing group sport is vital for for just everything it yeah. teaches you wins losses team mentality friendship teamwork just mm -hmm. teaches you all basic necessities that i, I personally yeah. think that you need so yeah. um do i think playing sport helped me in my business absolutely but i think more so it helped me develop more as a person for sure yeah amazing yeah do you, Looking back now, retrospectively, then you, you're obviously surrounded. In, a lot of team sports has, has, has given you a network around you. Your, your dad was a sparky, so he's in the industry. Um, how and has that served you since the injury? Like having people around you that. Oh, mate, huge. Like, there's no way I would have been able to get through what I went through without my family. Like, I've got a very, very close family, I've got a very awesome fiance. And she was with you before the she injury? She was. We weren't engaged. And then what she did for me while I was injured, I was like, there's no other person I'm going to yeah, be with right. in this world. So as soon as I could, oh, I wasn't walking out stage. I was still in a wheelchair. But um, I went up to uh, Westfield and got her an engagement ring as soon as I could. And I proposed to her in uh, New Year's. Just gone. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But... Um, in terms of like support network, for sure, my family were amazing. Like everything that I needed, my, my missus ran out of um, annual leave and then straight away, mom and dad took me and then I was there for a few months. And then eventually when I had to leave there and go back home, or I could go back home, they were there every single day anyway. Yeah, well, so, yeah. Let's, let's build up to that then. Um, so take us back to March the 12th, 2020. Yes. It, we it, wake up just another day. Another day, mate, it, but the date is uh, just etched into me forever. Um, yeah, normal day, normal solar install. It was me and my apprentice, Zach, at the time. And funnily enough, we rocked up and he saw the place and he was like, oh, I don't feel that safe getting on that roof. So he actually said that? He actually said that, yeah. yeah. Well. And this was, you know, here's me, bulletproof, I'm the tradie, I'll do it. So I'm like, I'll get on the roof, no dramas. So I was working along with no safety equipment. As I said, it was about six and a half, seven meters up. And uh, I was wor uh, working along and I saw some dark clouds in the distance and I was like, shit, I gotta, gotta get off here. So as I'm walking down the roof, it started raining <clears throat> and then I slipped and I basically slipped onto my, onto my bum and I was going down at a pretty quick speed. And it was, I still think about this really regularly because like it's one of those things where it's a natural instinct in you i'm not too sure but i had that sense to flip onto my stomach and try to grab the gutter but it was split second stuff because oh, i was wow. traveling so fast so as of just about as pretty much as my legs have gone off the gutter i flipped over tried to grab the gutter sliced up all my fingers so i had some really nasty gashes in my fingers and um but it basically what it did it made me drop down like a pin so instead of going down and then probably going on my back, I went straight down onto my ankles and um, just impact into the driveway. And it didn't really hit me at first, but when I went to get up, I, I pushed off my left wrist and I was like, oh, and then, and then probably about 20 seconds from there, that's when the pain set in. And the pain, 
um, it's hard to describe anyone that's gone through a, like a traumatic or a bad injury. It's super hard to explain the pain, but it was just like radiating through my whole body, all this pain. Mm. And I was just like, man, so the apprentice was <laughs> running around freaking out. Yeah, of course. Um, it was like, funny enough, it reminds me, it probably wasn't like this, but because I was bleeding from the hands and it was raining, it reminded me like a scene of <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, like getting yeah, dragged yeah. through the bloody rain oh, wow. and, and underneath, but it was nothing like that. But um, yeah, so he called the ambulance. They were there within sort of three, four minutes. It was pretty good how, got, how quick they got there because they were dropping off someone in the area. And the first thing they did was cut my clothes off, which was weird. But um, yeah, apparently they'd, with spinal injuries and stuff like that, they, they don't really know what to, well, they do know what to do, but um, they, they cut my clothes off, put me on the stretcher, gave me a green whistle. Um, green whistle did absolutely nothing. So they gave me a second one, that did absolutely nothing. And then the third thing they gave me was morphine. And that sort of did a little bit, uh, well, that sort of kept me content until the hospital, mm. but um, yeah. Did, was... did they say that spinning around halfway down, landing like a pin, was that, is that better than landing on your ass and potentially? Ah, oh, see, I don't know because feet on the ground and then the compression on the spine, just like, it, yeah, like my lower back just is constantly aching like oh, wow. 24 seven. So, whether, whether that was a defining factor in um, me living or not, I'm not too sure. But I, um, in saying that, I, I got a little bit emotional the other day because I actually was reading a story of a first-year apprentice doing the exact same thing. And he fell from the exact same height, but he ended up dying. And uh, it, got, it, it just wow. really hit home for me because yeah. I was just like, it, it could have been me. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it literally could have been, I could have been that statistic or that outcome, but for some reason, you know, like, like I probably copped maybe the best case injury out of the, yeah. the worst scenario possibly. I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, there's one thing you said right at the start of that. You said like, um, like leading the way and just jumping up. I don't need protective equipment. Oh. Like, is, is that? without throwing anybody under the bus. Is that common in the industry? Do it is, just... mate. Yeah, so there's a lot of common things in the trade industry. That one is definitely probably number one. And is it a bravado thing? Is it an efficiency thing? I, I'm the leader, I'll just do it? Or... I think so, yeah. You're, you're the alpha, you're the top dog. Yeah. You know, you're bulletproof, 10 yeah. feet tall, and you know, I can do it. So I think for sure, like after, obviously after this, it, brought me back down to size pretty quick but mm. there's so a lot of things within the trade industry would be um that sort of stuff um so you, you're drinking my beers on friday and driving home blind as that's definitely a big one wow. and and then mental health and within the trade industry is not spoken about at all so they're the big three but yeah mm. to touch on that one the number one yeah your safety you know like cutting things or or just whatever your, your general construction or and things like that you just don't really care too much mm. yeah and, and and does it come is there like an underlying pressure of like i've got to be a blokey bloke is oh there, for sure like, and that ties in with the mental health side of yeah. things so you don't you really just don't talk about it at all now that i'm you know, going through this traumatic, I was, I was one of those guys, okay, so I was very stoic in a sense, I would never open up, I would never show any emotions, um, and it was basically just, you know, work all week, pub on a Friday, smash a few beers, drive yeah. home pretty bloody plastered, and then rinse and repeat. Yeah, wow. Um, and so, you know, it took a really traumatic event for me to sort of wake up and realize like, shit, this is, this is a terrible way of doing things. Mm. Um, but yeah, to go back to your, your question, it's just like, you don't want to show that weakness, I guess. Mm. You don't want to be like, we're not going to call the job over this. It's just a two story yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just get the job done. Yeah, that's it. So, so then we're, we're now got whistles in math. We're going for all that pain. Yes. Zach's Bless him, freaking out. Like, oh, he was freaking out big time. How old was he? Uh, 20, he was 21 at the time. And he was pretty new to work with you? Yeah, or? oh no, he's been with me um, 
he's been with me for his whole apprenticeship, so I think that's why he was freaking out a bit more because yeah, okay. he's like seen me, saw me just go straight down, and then yeah. basically once that pain kicked in, I was like, ah. <laughs> so 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 then we go to the hospital. Yes. Um, like how. Are you, are you got any sort of awareness of what's going on at that stage? Do you know how bad it is? Well, what, what happened was I went to hospital and they, they go, oh, what's your pain rating out of 10? And I'm like, 10, 10, this is the, literally the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, where, where is the pain like? Everywhere. everywhere. It was literally like, it felt like first it was just radiating up my legs. And then it was just, I guess from my back and my wrist and my legs, it was just everywhere. I just can't describe how bad it hurt. Um, so I'm just like, pain is 10. I need, need you to do something. The green whistles did nothing. So they just pumped me full of ketamine. And it was like, um, the best way to describe it and I don't know if everyone's watched this, but have you, if, if you've watched the movie Get Out, where oh, he yeah, sinks yeah, yeah. into the couch, yeah. that's exactly what it was like. It was just like I oh, just fell through the bed mm. and I was just watching like this floating mess, watching all the doctors and stuff. But um, so yeah, what they did, they, they took me into the hospital and I didn't really know how bad the injuries were until I got taken to the x-rays. And I remember the radiographer coming out and he's like, mate, you've done a bloody good job here. And I was like, here we go. So <clears throat> they come out and then you get taken back to the, um, the waiting area. There's like a team of plasterers that come and they, they just wrap me up. So they wrapped up my wrist, wrapped up my legs all the way past my knees. So both legs, both wrists? But, uh, just my left wrist yeah. um, and both my legs all the way up to my knees. And they were giving me laughing gas at that stage as well. So that's a, a bit of an experience. But um, yeah, so pretty much get taken into my own room in a public hospital, which is pretty awesome. And um, they said, because you've had so many bloody drugs inside of you, we're gonna have to put a catheter <coughs> in, which it's like, I, whenever I talk about it and start thinking back to all those times, I'm just like, man, it was just so terrible. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so the nurse had to feed the old catheter in and that's, that's an experience in itself. I don't know if you want me to go into that. I've never been for it. My, my, my wife, hopefully she doesn't mind me saying dad like that. And my, my, I've been in the hospital with my dad. My dad's been through a lot as well. And oh, do you I've seen my to... little babies go through it. But yeah, elaborate. Yeah, yeah, so basically yeah. they grab a syringe, not with bloody the needle part on it, but they put the syringe in and inject it full of numbing stuff. And then from there, they just feed the tube in. <laughs> and then pulling wow. it out, it's like a lawnmower, mate. Yeah, just, yeah, oh. that's, that's what Alicia says is worse. I'm <laughs> pulling it out is worse, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they did that, and then uh, pretty much gave me enough drugs to knock me out. And I woke up the next morning, and uh, yeah, that's when the surgeons came in and said, you, you're gonna be here for a while. Um, we can't operate on you for another three days because your ankles are so big. Yeah, wow. And my ankles looked like they had tennis balls stuffed into them. Like, it was, it was crazy. So, did, did you see, did they show you or? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. so it. like, cause I could see them, like one, before they plastered it up, like, cause my legs were raised, I could see them and that's, and mum, mum and my missus were there at that stage. So they all showed me photos, but it's literally like two big golf balls on the side yeah, of my wow. feet. Oh, tennis balls, sorry. How did it, I don't know if you know, but like impacting the family initially, like that, it's a, it's a different shock, right? Yeah, it is, mate. So I got to call mum in the ambulance and my fiance, dad was um, flying, flying fly out at that stage. He was working over in Karatha. So he didn't get to find out till that night. But um, yeah, so dad called, uh, sorry, we called the, the ambulance, uh, Ambo called mum and, I'm pretty accident prone, so mum was just like, what's he done now? Yeah. But this time it was pretty serious. Um, and so she pretty much came straight to the hospital and then my missus who was working, she's a manager in Priceline in the city, she basically was like, I'm gone too. So, and then obviously mum's just gone and called my brother and sister and said mm. David's been in a pretty bad accident this time. Mm. So. Cause I remember um, like 2001, my dad, he got diagnosed with esophagus cancer and he's 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 had heaps and heaps of operations um 
not for an accident, but just through for getting um, getting the, the tumour. Um, he had like the single longest non-brain surgery at the time, which was like 23 hours straight. Wow. Um, and I remember when we went in to see him, and his his whole face was like, it was like a genuinely like a football, right? And he had these staples from like ear to ear. Jeez. And like both his eyes were closed completely. He couldn't talk. He had a um, tracheostomy in. And it was like, it was quite surreal. It was like, that's not my dad. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a moment of, nah, that's not him, right? That's not, it's not, it's, it's not happening. Mm. Have you had feedback from any of your family to suggest well, that it, it was? Yeah, with me, because I was like full of ketamine. I remember mum coming in and I started crying and I was just telling her that I was sorry. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, why are you saying sorry to me? And I'm like, I think back now, and I just, I don't, I don't know, I really know mm. why. Maybe because I knew what I was, about to put everyone through looking after yeah. me or something. I'm not, I'm not really not too sure, but yeah, I was just like, I'm so sorry, mum. And, and I was just talking about like when I was younger and all the dumb stuff that I used to do as like an early 20 year old and mm. things like that. And she's like, why are you telling me all of these yeah. things? So yeah, I'm not too sure, but it definitely it was a big impact on the family for sure. Well, because um, I know my dad, he said to us as often over the years that like he felt guilty. And, yeah. And, and it was like, I'm, I'm a burden on you right now. Like you're having to, yeah. you guys you guys are fine. You can get on with your life, but you can't. You have to look after me. Um, mm. So I don't know, was that? Oh, for sure. And I guess if we want to touch on the primal reset and how well that helped me as well. But yeah. um, that's, you know, you got Luke Mathers that has helped me big time, but um, that's I think there was a, there was a lot of things going on and from someone that never really spoke about his feelings or anything like that to then having every sort of feeling just thrown at me as I said I was like a deer in the headlights mm. it's just like all this mental health problems just went bang and hit me and so it took me the best part of well when was the primal reset a few months ago now October was October so October no, even I don't remember the dates of it. But, yeah. Um, but it's about, it would have been two, two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah. So from March until, you know, this October or whenever it was, I was just a ball of mush. Like yeah, wow. Anxiety, through the roof, depression. So that's, that's a year on from when it happened? Year on. And yeah, for sure. I just didn't, because I didn't know what to do. Like my whole life has completely changed. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to walk properly ever again. Um, just in constant pain. So... I think there was definitely a large part, of, there was a big part of guilt to me, especially with my dad, because he came, he was, it, it, it's funny how it worked out, because he was actually coming back from his swing, and then he ended up staying home for like four months. He just used up all of his annual leave, all of his sick leave to, to look after yeah, me, because wow. I had to go to the, the doctors every single day. Mm. Um, I ended up getting an infection in my right foot as well, which got to the point where it was getting pretty pretty bad um so yeah guilt feeling guilty for sure is is one thing that i felt when it happened mm. yeah so how have you how have you dealt with that like how have you dealt with work, the, working with like luke and, and well like i like uh, the best way is like i i never would have reached out to maybe like doing a primal reset you know mm. i would have i would have looked at that back in the day and just laughed at it who the hell would do that <laughs> yeah. you know and then what i like to say is you know when you when you hit rock bottom which i definitely hit rock bottom is sort of how you climb out is how you, you defines how you're going to live the rest of your life so from then on it was either sink or swim i was either going to let this injury get the better of me and i'll just give up or mm. i'll just push through um, and do everything that I can to not just get physically better, but mentally better. So I mm. was, you know, getting into podcasts. I was getting into just like podcasts and reading and just anything to try and help my mental health because yeah. I'd never, I wouldn't say that I've ever suffered from depression beforehand. I've, you know, everyone's had their little mental health challenges, mm. but from that point in the accident, I was just, um, yeah, a ball, of, a ball of mush, big mm. time. Yeah, because so. we, uh, for those of people listening right now that don't know what Primal is, Primal was a, th a three-day reset that we did, um, like um, around um, mental health and mindset and goal setting and, and yeah. sales and business and fitness orientation to it as well. So you're on there, like you, 
you're, you're rock bottom. Yes. Right? You're, so you're arriving on day one, pretty much rock bottom. Like, uh, well, I was I'm coming like... out of it. From, I was coming out of it, but I was I didn't know how to deal with my emotions properly. Okay. So. Um, how did that affect your relationship, mate? Oh yeah. It, well, my my partner Laura is amazing. Like I just love it a bit. So she struggles with her own mental health battles. So she knew where I was coming from. And instead of getting frustrated with me, she would just help me no end. So, and that's sort of, that's the reason why after it all happened and she helped me the way she did, like, mm. like if we were getting a bit gross, like she had to get to the point where she was cleaning my bum after I'd gone to the toilet wow. because I couldn't do it. And without hesitation, she'd just do it. Mm. And I'd be like, what? Like, yeah. It's, that's like, we, me and my wife have spoke before about like, imagine if I'm on, uh, we've said it, imagine if I'm in a wheelchair, imagine if something happens yeah. to me. And it's like, yeah, of course I'll look after you. And I, it, Yeah. It's one thing and saying it, know, it's yeah. another thing living it, right? Yeah, and like, I didn't really want to put her through that. Like, I, <laughs> we all know what comes out of this. So I was like, no, I don't want to put you through that stuff, but without hesitation. How did you feel through that? Because there's a level of like dignity and, that's, yeah, so in hospital, I remember the first time, because I, I was on that many drugs that I hadn't gone to the toilet in about three days. And so it was like, it was just all built up. And then, then they were like, nah, we need you to go to the toilet. So then they started giving me laxatives. And then it finally got to that stage. I couldn't shift off the bed or anything, so you have to use a bedpan. And if you've ever seen a bedpan, you look at it and you go, what the hell, like it's so small. You just, this thing's gonna, <laughs> three days. This thing's gonna overflow. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they gave me the bedpan and I was, Laura was in the room with me and I was like, I'm gonna rip every cord out of my body here. There's no way I'm gonna do this. I just wanna go to the toilet. Yeah, it's wow. self-dignity, you know? Of course, yeah. You lose all of that. But, <laughs> Laxatives kicking in, had to get onto it. Um, and, you know, I, I talk about the hospital a lot. The hospital was really great when I was in there. Not so great um, when I was out, mm. which is why, obviously, we've got, we can touch on it. Yep. went down the two feet path. But, um, you know, like the older nurses would just get in there and they didn't care. But the new, like younger nurses would just sort of give you the the one wipe and oh yeah, you're, you're done and you, you know, you don't yeah. want, really want to ask someone to, to wipe Give your you palm. Wipe. Yeah, yeah. So you're just like, okay. And so I'd tell Laura that and oh, I feel gross and she'd just be like, just wow. roll me over and, yeah. and finish it off. So yeah, it was one of those things where you take the relationship from, you know, to the next level. How long were you together before the accident? Um, we've been together since 2017, so three yeah. years. So not that fresh, but I don't, definitely not. It's still a deeper level. Definitely <laughs> not uh, enough to, you know, get to that level. Wow. I'm going <laughs> to make sure my missus listens to this podcast, going, just so you know, people yeah. do this. Oh, yeah, mate. It was, um, uh, I really didn't expect her to be how she was, but she was just like, yeah, that's a glove on and. That's <laughs> so you, you just touched on it there. You said um, the, the, the doctors, the hospital were amazing whilst you were there. Yeah. Um, and I know we touched on this at Primal as well, but um, yeah. you said that there wasn't a lot of support no. post um, hospital. Nope. No, mate. So um, <clears throat> I was sort of physio there every day. And um, I don't know, like I, I held a bit of a grudge for him, but I've just left it now, you know, it's like, what, what's the point of holding a grudge against someone? But um, yeah, so every day he would just tell me everything that I wanted to hear. We'll see you every day. We'll make sure you're doing this. We'll make sure you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as I left the hospital and to this day, I haven't heard anything from him. Wow. So uh, it was part of the support whilst you are in hospital? Yeah. the physio, yeah? Yeah. And so, yeah, once I left, didn't hear a single word from him. And then, um, like this was when I hurt myself was kicking off right when the when COVID was just going into full swing. Yeah, March. Yeah. So, like I was in hospital when it like all the crazy lockdowns and toilet paper and all that sort of jazz was happening. So when I was talking I to about they they go hand in hand lockdowns and the toilet roll thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a weird thing to for the missus to come in every day and be like, oh, it's so bizarre out there. It's just like a yeah, ghost You'd have been town. disconnected, right? Yeah. Yep. Were you watching the news every day? Like nah. Oh, 
impressed enough, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I guess I was, I was um, on such heavy drugs as well that I was asleep for most of the time as well. Like I'd have a pain button, and then you hit the pain button, and then that just shoots. I can't remember what it shot into me, but it just shoots you, and then you're pretty much like sleeping most of the time. So, oh, wow. but I missed a lot of it. And then when the uh, when she would come see me after work, she'd be like, "It's bloody crazy out there, just the toilet paper going off and no one on the roads and stuff like that." So it was it was a very strange time for me. A lot of people were like, "You couldn't have timed yeah. injuring yourself any better." So, but what about them coming to visit you? Did that get impacted at all? Family, for yeah. sure. They, at, at one stage, they made it just one family member could visit me. Yeah. Whereas before, like my mum and dad would see me every day. Laura would see me every day. My brother and sister, and, and that would pop in most days. And then to go from that to waiting for Laura to finish work at seven and then seeing her at eight. So I'd go a whole day, like mm. literally for a month. I'd go a whole day without... No, it wasn't for a month. I think it was for about a week and a week and a half where it was just me in this um, hospital room and I couldn't see her till about 8 p.m. What's going through your head on those days or even at night when they leave for the night and you're just left there laying? Oh, there? yeah. You, it, it, as I said, like, you just get... I just got smacked with every emotion that I've ever felt yeah. and, you know, feelings that I'd never felt before just crying a lot, just thinking like, what am I gonna do? Like, got the business and I was still taking, this was another thing with Primal Reset as well, is that I obviously run the electrical business, so I was still somewhat taking phone calls, trying to run my In the spark. hospital? Yeah, I'm on drugs, on, the, on painkillers, trying to tell people what to do or what's happened to me. Wow. And, and I just never had that proper time to heal and I thought that was it's so important that you just have to disconnect and, and work on yourself and, and heal yourself because I just went from March until primal reset just continually working still and I'm like I'm still you know like I'm still working but I'm as who, who I am as a person I've completely changed yeah it was wow. really it was really like a, a weird thing to try and navigate through for yeah. sure so when they came to you and said right we're letting you go. You're going out. Like, do you remember that conversation? Oh, they, yeah, it was, it was a mix of emotions because they were like, yep, you're going. And then when I was saying that I was supposed to go, they, um, they came in and they said, oh, we don't know if we're ready yet, so we might have to keep you here for another few days. And I was like, nah, get me out of here now. I don't, because I couldn't have, I didn't have a shower for a whole month. They can just basically rag you down because I couldn't, like if I was to get up and sit on the side of the bed, the blood going through my feet and everything, it would just be like crazy pain. Wow. So I could only sit on the side of the bed for like literally 10 seconds. So for pretty much like a whole month, I was just lying down in this bed, getting sponged like Bart Simpson, if you watch the buddy <laughs> the Simpsons. But uh, yeah, I was basically like that. The uh, rag on the stick, just clean you down and sitting on a bedpan but yeah when they told me I could go there was a lot of hoops that I had to jump through because I live in a two-story house so they're like oh we don't know if you can go home because if there's a fire you're not going to be able to do anything yeah. you're going to be screwed and there's they so they go through like build how the wow. building is and stuff like that it was um yeah it was weird hey so you um you obviously came out and then we're back home like what's that first night like Oh man, um, just relief, I'd say. Relief, but also. Was there, was there a fear? Because I guess yeah. the hospital was like a safety zone for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So there's relief, but there's also like, well, now I'm on my own. So, yeah, um, yeah basically, got home and I've got two pretty big dogs. Um, so to try and keep them away from me, and one of them actually jumped on my feet. We got Uber Eats one night, and the the big boy just jumped straight on my foot and just, I was crying in agony, it was so sore. But when I got home, it was like, yeah, basically it was just more trying to get into work. Like I just, as I said, I just didn't have any time to switch off and go, right, I'm basically scarred for life with this stuff. How am I gonna try and help myself? It was like, nah, you're gonna work on 
building your um, business back up because I was in the rears. Because yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's like there's real world logistical issues around not working for that long. So right? there was that. There's 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 relief, but it was like relief and then instant like holy shit. Mm. I don't have any money. I've got all my because I've had to pay the employees and then I got to pay accounts and then there's obviously no money coming in but all money coming out. So it got to the stage where my business and my personal bank accounts were in rears. There's no money at all. And um, for anyone listening as well, if you are a director, there's a director's insurance that you're supposed to have. So you've got work cover, workers cover for your employees, but there's one for directors as well, which I didn't know about. Yeah. Which you'd think they'd tell you when you set up the policy, but... Um, I think they, should. They, they, they should. They yeah. should, they should, but I didn't know, and half, half of it's my fault, I guess, for not asking the question, but... Um, so I didn't get any payouts, I didn't get anything. It was just full on my feet, I'm in a hospital, no money whatsoever. And that was me, that was like, so I'm dealing with the injury and I'm dealing with that. And that's why I just keep going back to like the emotions that I went through. Did, did you ever feel like actually giving up? Oh, mate, big time, a lot. Like there was times where I was just like, oh, I can't walk, I'm stuck at home. I'm, dead broke it's like those thoughts creep into you all the time yeah. it's like well there's no point in me being here i'm only being a burden did you verbalize it to laura or family uh, no not at all i as i said like i was still um like because it was fresh and i said the trading mentality like i didn't i just that that side of mental health and chatting mm. about that stuff it's just non-existent yeah so that's why I say when you hit rock bottom, you let it's, it's how you climb out of it that defines how you're going to live the rest of your life. So that's when I was just like, I just grabbed it by the bloody horns and I was yeah. just like, nah, I'm not going to let this thing get better of me. Um, yes, I'm well screwed, but I'll do everything I can to make it better. Um, so yeah, that's when I was pretty much just got onto podcasts, reading books, yeah. reaching out to people and just saying like, man, how do I how do I get these thoughts and everything like that out of my head? It was just like, to, to give you an idea of what it was like, I was watching War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise and it's not even a sad movie. And I was <laughs> crying the whole way through it for some reason. It was just like, why am I Random crying emotions. through this movie? It was not even sad, yeah. but um, that's just where I was. I remember getting wheeled around to x-rays in the hospital and I was just bawling my eyes out and just like, what, like, how do you go for, it's just so weird out of the flip of a, flick of a switch, your whole life can mm. change. So like yesterday I was going to work and coming home and now I'm in a bloody hospital bed and I'm here mm. for the next month. That, that's what scares me, that things can just be taken away from you instantly. Flick of the switch, yeah. Was there, was there any like, was there a book or a podcast or, or even just a quote or a one line that you heard and, and you just went, I'm taking control? I, I follow a lot of um, Trademut. Trademut do awesome things and I listen to a lot of their podcasts when they were making them. Um, obviously they've got their the tradie clothes workwear yeah. and they do the podcast. So I was listening to that, um, listening to the Luke Mathers one, like I, I owe Luke Mathers so much. He's helped me immensely. He's helped a lot of people, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, I ended up reaching out. Actually, he reached out to me on LinkedIn and um, he was like, hey, I, I'm keen to do a podcast with you. And I was like, what, who, who is this stressed Teflon bloke? <laughs> and we caught up and then um, that's when he really sort of like trained not trained he, he he got me to to think about things a lot differently mm. and so if i you, you look at the brain as you know it's an organ i look at the brain as a muscle so i just train it every day if i don't mm. just work on it every day and just um try and improve my mindset yeah it helps big time it's definitely been one of the biggest factors and one thing that he's done which i really like is he he uses get comfortable with discomfort yeah I love that so much. So for the like, ever since he told me that, so probably for the last four months, and it's, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. My thing is I will have a warm shower in the morning and then just dump cold on myself. Yeah. And I've been doing that 
every single day without fail. It's just a habit now, so I don't even question it. Just the last few seconds? Oh, I'm pretty good now. Like, obviously, when it was winter, I'd be like, but yeah. Um, yeah, like then you start testing yourself. So you go, all right, I'll do 10 seconds, and then I'll, then I'll do 20 seconds, mm. and then it's really interesting to watch yourself. Um, yeah, just get get comfortable with that discomfort, and it yeah. just starts my morning off so well now. Yeah, like I, if if I reckon I would be, you know, like hung over in a sense if I didn't do it because yeah. it throws my whole day out. It's um, it's funny, my it's my eldest boy, Maverick. He's three. He still jumps in the shower with me, but right at the end, he wants to do that. He wants to turn it on dead cold. And then we both stand underneath it. And yeah. I don't know why, I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, but he's got Do you this, enjoy it? This weird, no, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but he loves it. And yeah. He thinks it's hilarious because yeah. he knows I hate it. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, well, it's one of those things. Like, I think, you know. <clears throat> future Wim Hof. Yeah, there, there. I was about to say, like, Wim Hof's taken off big time, and a yeah. lot of people do the ice challenges and stuff like that. Mm. And it's one of those things that I don't really think is sustainable. Like, you have to be committed to it yeah. to just jump in an ice bath every single day. <laughs> Um, so my other thing is, you know, I'm not going to do an ice bath every day, but I know I'm just going to dump cold water yeah. on me for 30 seconds and it's going to start my day into how I want it to be. Yeah. So do, do you think like often we're a, we're a product of our own process or like for, for me here, I'm a product of sales training, right? I, I didn't believe that sales could be learned. I went through it, got results and I'm like, all right, well, I can't be the only one that's failing and hating life. Um, so you, you've come out of hospital. There wasn't the support there you've started researching, you've found books, you've found podcasts, you've found Luke, and you've realized that, holy shit, I can actually control my mind, I can actually yeah. get out of this. Was that the, the kicker for Two Feet Foundation then? Big time, there's that for sure, and it was also the fact that it didn't sit well with me that there was, wasn't really, from what I could find, a support network where you could find someone that didn't, not necessarily went through the same injury as you, but maybe they've gone through something traumatic and you know, you just, because as I say, like you, when you go through something like that, you want to find common ground with someone. It's mm. so like for me, I was in hospital and I was like, shit, I'm the only one going through this. Or I don't yeah. know anyone else that's going through this. Like if I reach out, you know, say to you or someone and be like, hey, my ankles are broken. You're gonna, you know, be like, oh, you know, blah, 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 but you're not gonna sort of understand. Sure. So, you know, there was that, that aspect to it, um, but definitely the support as well. Like, I've got three pillars that I've built for Two Feet Foundation. So the first one is connection. You want to find that, find that person or people or group or whatever and, and, you know, find that core network. And then the second pillar is support. So then once you've found that, you have that support network and you can check in or you can help each other. And the third is gratitude, because once you've gone through that tough time, like for me, I'm not in the clear, but I've gone over that huge hill and I'm coming down. So mm. yeah, I went through a terrible time. I can sit back and say, you know, that was the worst part of my life. I'm gonna let that define who I am, or I'm yeah. gonna let my actions define how I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let yeah. what I do after define who I am, not what I went through, so. So, so the mission of Two Feet Foundation now then is to support all the people that have been through a, a trauma in general or is it an accident? Is it like a niche? It doesn't have to be an injury, you know. It's like, like talking about like my dad um, going through cancer, like that, those types of people? Oh, well? for sure. Yeah. Just anyway, like, well, it, it, I, I put myself down as the injury support network, but I've spoken to, so I've run my, I run a podcast as well um, it's on Spotify if you want to look it up or any of that. But um, what's it called? Just so we two, know. Two Feet Foundation. Yeah. Look it up on that. But uh, and it was it's really weird how quickly it went, like it started blowing up a bit because I've got to speak to awesome people like um, Josh McGuire. Yeah, you NRL got sort of player. elite sports. Yeah, Gavin yeah. Jason Kiddy from Brisbane Bullets captain. But I think the one that really went and. Uh, started getting like it was getting about 5,000 downloads a month which was crazy was uh, Brett Gibbons and he was a South Australian police officer that got called out to a um, it wasn't anything like what he was walking into they just got a, uh, a dis domestic disturbance so he went from having a barbecue with all the coppers in South Australia to walking into this gruesome triple homicide scene 
And what had actually happened was there was the schizophrenic neighbor had stolen his dad's shotgun. Uh, I think it was about 2 a.m. in the morning, going around to their house, blown the front door down, basically murdered three people, and then the wife was called the cops. So Brett Gibbons has gone there, domestic disturbance, found three badly murdered people. While he was scoping the house, the guy was waiting for him, shot the gun and like blew half of his jaw off. Wow. Yeah, and so then like that, where we spoke about that and he spoke about his experience, what actually happened was South Australian cadets, well the South Australian police played that episode for their cadets to listen to which was pretty cool. So mm. then from then on, it was, so yeah, it was, I was like, wow, I'm absolutely blown away by that. Um, so then that, and then he also, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago and he said that that episode has gone even further into a politician and they're going to look into doing some sort of policy or something like that. So mm. something as little as, well, not little, but something as like that one conversation can have that ripple effect. And yeah. Yeah, and next thing it's being played for the South Australian police cadets. It's That's really cool. awesome to think about. Well, we look at, we look at like impact, don't we? And we get where the, the common phrase is: things don't happen to you; they happen for you. Yeah. In that sense, it's happened for a lot of other people, right? So your, your, what you've been through, although it might not seem like it at the time, it's 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 happened for the greater good of many, many people now moving forward because they yeah. get to hear this this message, right? Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think as well. Like I've always been pretty. Like I've always wanted to help people. Um, it just took a super terrible time in my life to be to to find like my purpose. Mm. And we all like it. I, I got I got so caught up in trying to make two feet um, uh, such a, a big thing that I just my electrical contracting company so you could say suffered because mm. I was just putting all the attention. I didn't have the balance there. I was just like, wow, new venture. It's my purpose. It's what I want to do. And so I was putting all the attention into two feet. And um, yeah, it was starting to, starting to suffer for Dominic Electrical, which is my sparky business. So um, trying to find that balance into, mm. into to doing both things. But like, I, I love being a Sparky, I love doing everything like that. Big solar systems on servos is what we're doing and I'm firing those up is awesome, but it's not my purpose, it's not mm. a passion. Yeah. And it's weird because I always thought that Delmec would be the go-to, that'd be it. Sure. And now it's like, two feet is who I am. Mm. It's, who, it's what I wanna do. How, how do we get there sooner then, right? So how do we get there without a life-changing, like close to death, event i'd say taking a step back from you 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 know like life is that fast pace where you know you get to that sort of certain age where you, you call your mates oh you, you will catch up oh i can't do that i'm too busy and you just mm. so it rolls on all through the year it's real weird so there's like habits that you can see yeah to go i'm in that stage now yeah, yeah. for sure it's like it's one of those things where I I was just working seven days a week um, through Delmec and just not taking any time off at all. And, you know, just wanted to grow this business, wanted to, which when you're a business owner, like you'd know, you work ridiculous hours. Like I worked seven days a week for two years straight, pretty much. Um, and then when I went through this injury, I was just, I look back and I go like, working so hard and then next thing it's all been stripped away from me and the what's left there in the end it's like family it's connection it's support it's having that mm. support network and so it put a lot of things into perspective for me yeah and then I've, on the flip side of that is that i got so focused on trying to build it quickly that the other things uh struggled but to go back to your question how do you figure out that you're doing that yeah as i said just you know, when you start delaying plans with friends or something like that, you just mm. you could just be like, right, well, sometimes work isn't everything, you know. Mm. So, so you you had so you worked two years straight without any time off, which I can definitely relate to. Yes, it made me so sick. Yeah. Um, but then you had like a forced year off, essentially, because yes. yep. you had to. Yep. But the business is still going. Yes. So even with a year, if I'd have said 
Yeah. Before accident, we're gonna, you're gonna have a year off, all right? You're gonna chill out for a bit. Mm. Um, there and, you go. And you'd, be, you'd be convinced your business will go under, right? Yeah. In a year. And the thing is, it's funny you say that because it almost did. Like I was in the rears, um, but rather than it going and folding, I was like, there's no way. Like it's, it's business is your baby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you don't just start a business for it to fail, you wanna do well. So yeah, when it was getting like that, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna let this thing just fold. Um, so yeah, it was, um, yeah. It was tough time, so we're going all right. <laughs> uh, last couple of questions, mate, because uh, I know you're going to get back up the uh, M1 um, on the road. Um, what's um, Two Feet Foundation like? How can how can we support it? How can people find out more about it? Yes, so you can find me. It's only a podcast, but it's in the process of becoming a not-for-profit organisation. Um, at the moment, with the Sparky business, it's sort of going on the back foot a little bit yeah. but next year we're going to go I'm going full steam ahead so find me on Facebook Instagram be a website soon and just find my merch like I this is the funnies I got pretty much sure kit it out kit it out got the hat like the hat yeah mate I'll definitely flick you on yeah. um, the flannies if someone sees you with the, the flanny on or the hat and they say that's a pretty cool flanny or a pretty cool hat what's that all about you can spread the two feet word and um, so we can buy all of that yes oh. you can not just yet the shopify store is currently being made yeah but um of if you see some cool funky looking pattern flannies and uh shirts and stuff like that that's that's where you can find it so across all the socials two feet foundation yep there'll be a website very soon mate but yeah facebook instagram all that sort of stuff you can find me and spotify apple podcasts and everything for the podcast um and last question Relatively practical, I think, right? So you're in the depths of your pain, your frustration, you're maybe depressed. What can we say to people when they're like that, when they're going through trauma or they're going through an injury? Like, what's the best way to approach them? My thing would not be to look at it, look at the bigger, not look at it long term. Because when you look at it long term, like for me, they told me I wasn't going to be able to walk for a year. And so the whole time I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to walk yeah. for a year. When you focus on ticking small goals, so for instance, my feet were locked into 45 degrees for ages. And then when I could start moving them up and down, just small, it was like a small wind. So rather than looking at the big, oh no, the big doomsday, like I've got to, not gonna be able to walk for a year, mm. when you break everything down into next week, I'm gonna move my feet this much. And then the following week, I'm gonna move my feet that much. Mm. You tick those boxes and it makes that experience so much better. Progression, not perfection, right? That's the one. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, mate. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. Um, mate.